Hi, I'm Jill Starley Granger. I'm Alessia Horridge. And this is Shit Trips, the travel podcast about places we've been so you don't have to. We are travel journalists, and while we love exploring the world, this podcast is about the occasional glitches we'd rather forget and that you should avoid. Over the years, we've compiled a leaderboard of travel mishaps. We jet all around the world, and yes, it's true, we have stayed in palatial five-star hotels, sunbathed on perfect white sand beaches, but we've also eaten in dodgy restaurants, traipsed through some absolutely bizarre museums, and suffered embarrassing sessions with Chinese tourists uh, snapping selfies with us. This week, we'll be talking about agonizing spa experience in Istanbul, nerdy miniature trains in Germany, and a depressing romantic break in Tahiti. Okay, so let's start with um, yours, Jill. What, you, you said an agonizing spa treatment. Right. So, I mean, I like a good spa. You, Who you, doesn't? you both like spas, right? I like a good massage. Exactly. Who doesn't like a good massage? And I'm sure we've all had... Um, what I'm going to call a hammam experience. Ooh. So Ooh, yeah. a hammam, good steam. So slap with some soap. Yeah. That's great. For our listeners who don't know what a hammam is, it's a steam room, and then you quite often have a mud element, but not always, where you oh, right. put on something afterwards, or a scrubbing element, and then a bathing soapy element. It's not just Turkey, is it? It's no, no. Marrakesh and yeah. Morocco is well, it's big in Morocco. It's big in, I guess, North Africa, the Middle East. Um, I mean, countries all over the world have sort of similar types of things, but the hammam is a sort of Middle Eastern, North African And it's experience. definitely something you want to do if you go to Istanbul, right? I mean, I'm going to go with no after my experience. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I had been in luxury hotel hammams before where we, uh, my husband and I went into this beautiful private room together. We steamed. Uh, we had somebody do a very gentle, delicate scrub, uh, rinse it off, give us a nice little massage, you know, couples massage sort of thing. <laughs> and it was all lovely. And then we went and had tea afterwards outside in the garden. Yeah. Sounds so this is, good. yeah, Sounds exactly. Good. Right. So we're in Istanbul. Now in Istanbul, it's called a Turkish bath, probably not what they call it, but that's a phrase that we all know, yeah. Turkish bath, hammam. So we're like, we're in Turkey. We must have a Turkish bath or a hammam. So we asked the concierge of our five-star hotel that we were staying at. First mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely, as we know, never a good idea. Concierge is uh, not the best. Um, so we said, look, we want to go to an authentic traditional locals hammam with local people. I'm there for an article. I'm trying to have all the locals' experiences, you know, make it really authentic, really gritty, really, really real. Well, you don't want a spa to be gritty. So he said, okay, right, I know just the place. And he sent us to this place that was, you know, kind of 15 minutes away. So we arrive, and, of course, this being a traditional hammam, uh, men and women don't go in together, which is understandable. So we arrive, so already our sort of romantic couple's illusion is out the window. And there's this really nasty neon signage out in the front. The one we went to was the Galatasaray Hammam. And I was told that it was going to cost about 20 pounds for us to have the Hammam. So we, we separated and I went into the lady's side and he went into the men's side. And when I got in there and the, the man saw 
you know, who I was. And I was like, oh, this is what we want uh, or what I want. And he said, oh, that's going to be whatever the local equivalent was of 40 pounds, right. which was about it's about 50 euros or 50, so already $50. you're being ripped off. Yeah, because I could see on the wall behind him that the Turkish lira amount for what I thought I was asking for was half of that. And I do understand that in lots of places, tourists pay more than locals. Normally, they're quite obvious about it. It'll be like a state-subsidized thing that the yeah. locals pay. Anyway, so we're, I'm already annoyed. We paid 40 pounds, and I get upstairs to the ladies' reception where I'm handed a tea towel, and I'm told <laughs> to go into this cubicle right in front of reception to strip off and to conceal myself with this tea towel. The weird thing about this cubicle is it was a glass door. So everybody nice. walking into the women's reception is just seeing me flashing them. It was just bizarre. So and you're small, Jill, but I'm guessing a tea towel's not. It's not. Not going to do the it's job. It's not concealing <laughs> anything. So I'm already slightly confused, and they gave you these little flip flops. And so I had my flip flops, and I had my tea towel, and I walked into a room um, that looked like uh, I could only describe it as looking like a men's urinal. Not oh, that that's nice. an area I visited Didn't very smell often. Like that though. Right. Got to be honest, it kind of did. <laughs> it, it was it was sort of just like weird looking sinks that you weren't really sure what the purpose was. But yeah. luckily, I didn't do anything in that room at that point in time. That was for later, as I was to find out. Did you know where to go? Or were you kind somebody of just was sort tottering of, around naked? Somebody was pointing me and in, in kind of scooting me, telling me where to go. <laughs> Scoo- yeah. Scooting you so <laughs> if you've ever seen books about Turkish hammams, they look gorgeous. They're these yeah. beautiful domed rooms with a giant slab in the middle, uh, normally a marble or stone slab, and they're, they're very elaborately decorated. And so this is what I was expecting. And I have to say, when I walked in, it did look sort of like that, mm-hmm. only much, much dirtier. Um, <laughs> so clearly centuries of grime had built up. because Other people's grime. Uh, yes, yeah, other yeah. people's crying. Centuries of crying. Centuries of sweat and so, skin. Yes. That's stuff Ooh, that comes rain. out from under your mm-hmm, yeah. toenails. All yeah, of that. Nice, that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I have in my mind. And she just gestures to the giant slab in the middle of the room where there's one other woman, okay? So naturally being... Was it a Turkish woman or...? I didn't ask, but I'm going to assume yes. Okay. Nobody was speaking English. I mean a local woman, I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I didn't talk to her, but I, I'm assuming. Yeah, nobody was speaking I'm English I'm not sure there. That's, good, that's a good time for small talk no it's not so being (laughs) very British now although also American in either case I chose to uh, lie down as far from her as possible as you would right it would just be weird and the room at this point was about 1000 degrees apparently they like it very hot they want you to sweat a lot Um, but over the course of the next kind of 15 minutes I want to say about 20 other women (laughs) piled into the room and they had no problem whatsoever just flopping on top of you and so after when you so, say flopping on top of you, you kind of imagine these legs. It was just we're rammed in like sardines, all on this slab, and then it's unbearably hot. And I've got to be honest, it's also really boring. You're just lying there. Nobody soaked you in any way. There Not were... yet. Oh, okay. oh, the fun was to come, Sean. <laughs> and so then when I thought, okay, right, is this it? Because I really didn't know what the whole experience was now. It was nothing like my luxury luxury hotel, Hamam. So um, as, as I'm lying there and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to leave now because I'm bored, I'm boiling hot, and these people, they're sweating all over me. We're all sweating all and, over and each other. Kind of physical contact. So yeah. skin, skin on skin contact. It's, oh. Totally skin on skin, absolutely. There's no room. There's no room for any space. Okay, and so 
uh, right when I'm about to leave, in parade about four very large, burly women who were topless and had on what appeared to be men's underpants tucked up into their bum cracks. And I don't want to be rude about other cultures, but I don't think they'd heard of bras. So as they were walking around the room, everything was swaying. They sort of stationed themselves in the four corners and they proceeded to take some sort of scrub and start scrubbing everybody. Right. In turn, what happened to all the stuff that they were scrubbing off, you might ask, as one logically would. What do you think happened to it? It all congealed on this slab that we were all lying on. And then they would bring water to chuck on you after they scrubbed you. Yeah, it's it's all running in everywhere. Between your toes. In your hair. Worse worse places places than that, I'm afraid. So um, then finally it's my turn to be scrubbed. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, they're going to get all the other people's gunk off of me. That was the most painful, I don't know, five minutes of my life. I thought (laughs) I was going to die. I'm like, why would anybody pay for this? They scrubbed me so raw. My skin was just screaming in agony. And then they, they rinse you off. I'm on the verge of tears. What do you say? These people don't speak any English. Their breasts are slapping me in the face as they are scrubbing me like a maniac. But it does just seem normal to everybody. None of us have our tea towels anymore. Sorry, I forgot to mention that they'd snatched the tea towels off of everybody earlier. They sort of threw them onto the side of the room. And um, they took just one tea towel after we'd all been through the agonizing scrubbing. Other people seem to enjoy the scrubbing. (laughs) Just me. Are we the only one? I don't know if I got extra. You build up a resistance probably after. a couple of those you've got a skin like rhinoceros maybe because tourists pay more they think they should give you extra 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 hard scrubbing who knows so then they take a cloth and they put they've got these giant pillowcases with the soap I don't know if you've ever they fill a pillowcase with soap they swirl it around it goes foamy and then they sort of squirt that all over everybody's body and then they take a cloth and then they start washing you with the washcloth but here's the thing they don't change the washcloth from person (laughs) to person and when the woman finally got to me, she left no no crack unscrubbed. <laughs> it was the most excruciatingly embarrassing and unhygienic experience of deeply, my life. Deeply, and I use that word advi- advisedly, yep. deeply communal. Deeply. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a kind of sharing experience. Yeah. I mean, you were at one. I mean, it was a way of getting very close I mean, to Turkish life and culture. Well, very well done you, and I think that would make... You know, for authenticity's sake, that's exactly... You've got to It's very it. authentic. Yeah. Every travel writer should go that far. So when when I was eventually allowed to leave and I was given a bucket, you know, in the urinal room, and you're given a sort of bucket out there to sort of tip over yourself to get rid of whatever else is left. Or whatever else yeah. from someone else that I'm, is now left yeah. on you. I'm basically crying in pain. Um, <laughs> and I go to put on my clothes and I go downstairs and my husband is waiting for me outside. And he can see I'm, I'm on the verge of tears. It really was agonising. I I may be a weenie, but nonetheless. So I said to him, how was it? Oh, sorry, because the option was you could also have had a massage. Now, I declined the massage because my skin was in such agony. My husband had not. His scrubbing apparently was fairly normal. Yeah. Yeah. So when they offered the massage to him, he took it. And I said, oh, well, you know, how was it? Did you enjoy it? Do you feel relaxed? And he opened up a few buttons of his shirt and he was 
covered in bruises. They'd literally <laughs> beaten the shit out of him. That apparently is a massage in a Turkish imam. Did they, he feel better for it the next no, day? No, He was covered <laughs> in least. more bruises. It was the worst experience of my life. So the, the moral of that is maybe sometimes authentic experiences aren't really what the rest of us are made for. Okay, Stay the, in the hotels, her mom. Okay, yes, yeah. and pay, well, pay a lot more for that. Well, I mean, we were already paying double anyway. You paid 50 <laughs> quid for that. I mean, it's the yeah. kind of experience you'd expect to pay £3.50. Exactly. <laughs> or if you were a certain way inclined, yes. and a guy maybe, you yes. might pay £2,000 for that well, experience that's alone right. that's on right. a slab with 20 sweating women. I mean, at, I least, yes. you know, at least we're not going down the Russian banya sort of route where they would have whipped you with branches. I mean, Is I feel that, like... Yeah, that's yeah. The, there are yeah, birch, birch I, twigs. I feel like that would be less painful than what we experienced. Well, maybe that's the next time. So what number on the, the shit trips chart are we that's, looking at now, That's going to be high. On our yeah. leaderboard of shit trips, where we currently have about 200, 250, I'm putting that at about 24. 24? Really? It was horrific. That sounds top 10, actually. It almost put me off spas for life, but then it God didn't. God forbid. It didn't, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> right, so Alessia. Your experience well, is, was completely different. It was different. Not, it in, wasn't, not in a spa. Not physically painful. Oh, good. But, um, yeah, it certainly took its toll on me and, and maybe the, res <laughs> the respect I have for my husband. So, oh. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, mine is in Hamburg. Yes. You, you, you wouldn't think that there would be ex that many exciting things in Hamburg, Germany. You know, well, it's not a headline-pulling town, perhaps. I've heard good things. Well, the Reeperbahn and the Beatles. The Reeperbahn, yes. Yeah. It's, all, it's got a I've bit heard... of an edge to it. But okay. forget the Reeperbahn, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Where it's at is miniature Wonderland. <laughs> I love a miniature. Miniature Wonderland is the largest model railway attraction in the world. I mean, Sean... Should we go? I mean, I'm already tempted. It's racial stereotyping, but a very serious German man telling you, you must go. Two. It's fantastic. They have so many model railways there. Well, and you're backing out of the room going, no, thank you. I feel like there's a lot of British men who are <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. yeah. so yeah. appealed Are they jealous? Because these, these two, so it was brothers who started this in, in 2000. Or British and German brothers by mm, any chance. Alas, no, I think they're both German. Okay. Uh, yeah. To the envy of any Brits who wanted to do it. Well, there's still time. Yeah. But it, look, some stats first. Yeah. So it's in a warehouse. So Hamburg's big port used to be really important. It has lots of beautiful historic warehouses down on the water. And it's in one of them. It's 6,800 metres squared, the, the area in which you will find the trains. 15.4 thousand metres of track. I mean, I'm already fascinated. Wow. Who doesn't want to see that? I know, and 1,040 trains running all over it, more than 10,000 wagons. I hate to slightly stereotype to men. It's not that many women's dreams, I know, but it sounds like the dreams of lots of small boys. Like, boys love trains, right? And so lots of men It's the dream of nostalgia. many small boys and the wet dream of many grown-up men. Okay. <laughs> there are some women who like trains. I don't want to be totally sexist here, but no, it, no, it does largely not. appeal to well, men. Well, I've got to tell you, I was one of the few women inside the, okay. <laughs> inside the place. Uh, yeah, there's 130,000 trees in the model. 260,000 figurines, 9,250 cars. There's 360 staff which <laughs> work at it. Three. Building these How things. How big? It, oh, building it in the background. Yeah. I want to know who and counted sort of, 130,000 trees. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a precise thing, job. building model railways. Yeah. <laughs> and there's even a control room, actually, inside it where you can sit and there's, you know, cameras on all of the scenes. 
So there's nine. Are, are there webcams? So, I've, uh, ooh, ooh, no, the the website doesn't look super high tech. I've got to say. No, that's okay. a shame because you know the They're listeners could immediately go after the podcast and watch some of the webcams. Well, what you right. can do, yeah. that's right. Sean, it's interesting you said that, yeah. you can go on Street View on Google oh, and yes. go oh. around the scenes. Oh. Google have done it. That Thanks, Google. Exciting. So clearly there are some serious train spotters at Google as well. Well, hot tip. <laughs> the queue in advance. <laughs> the queue to get in is long. So it's not a miniature queue. No. <laughs> no. Okay. That was, yeah, that would be my first tip. I've got to and be honest. And it was honest. the first thing that I should have known. This was going to be a tedious experience. Based on what you told me before, the queue is long is literally the last thing I expected to come <laughs> out of your mouth. I thought you were going to say at least there was no queue. Because, no. No. All right. Long queue. All right, long queue. And then you get in and it's sort of like, you think, because it's a historic warehouse, it'd be quite beautiful inside. It's yeah. not. <laughs> okay. I think it, it had the feel of a converted 90s office where they've swept oh, out all the desks. Yes. Okay. Okay. Boarded up all the windows. No windows. Yep. No natural light. This sounds like my flat. And instead of desks, they sort of cordoned off areas that have barriers. Like at the zoo, you know, when you have kids leaning over those sort of wooden barriers at the zoo. It's like that. They're leaning over it. But instead of like cute animals, it's really dull miniature scenes of. So there's nine. Okay. Nine scenes. I don't know what they all are. There's, they're from different countries. There's Italy. There's Switzerland. There's Scandinavia. Oh, so, you know, that country, not yeah. specific. <laughs> FYI for our American listeners, Scandinavia, not a country. <laughs> There's an airport. Yes. A miniature airport. Okay. There's sort of mountain scenes. There's a, a music festival. I d- sorry, time out. We're at a train museum and they have an airport. Yeah. There's got to be some it's, kind of conflict of interest there. It's ever expanding. There's a miniature plane which takes off. Actually, oh, no. How wonderful. Honestly. Oh, no. I think this is one of the best things. On Lonely Planet, it says, when you see the plane take off, you cannot help but gasp and say, OMG. I mean, really? Really? The, the only thing not, I was could gasping you not help? about yeah. and saying OMG was like, OMG, I must get out of here. This is ridiculous. You, and you were with your husband? So I was with my husband, Jess. So you're with Chris? Chris loved it. <laughs> right. I, I don't picture Chris as the type of person who I would normally associate with loving miniature railways. Well, I'm sorry that he has diminished. I, mean, I didn't say diminished. <laughs> I like a lot of, you know, I'm sure. Did he well, realise just... what was going on? Well, do you know what? Did he, do you realise that as, by the time he walked out, he was almost as small in your estimation <laughs> as one of those miniature characters? Well, yes. I had to leave before him because I got really very, very tired of it. But no, yeah. let me, inside, so it's it's in this office space, no natural light. Yeah. Every 10, no, God, it mustn't have been, I couldn't have been in there more than 20 minutes. So it must have been sort of every four or five minutes. Yeah. All the lights go down, it becomes night. Because all the miniatures light up. Oh, see, that so sounds 360,000 lights. Oh, oh sounds sweet. You're in a very small, enclosed space. A lot of people. It's tight, it's musty, and there's tons of nerds. Yeah. And you just think, do I want it to be dark in here right now? <laughs> Not really. This doesn't sound too different at that stage from my spa experience in <laughs> Istanbul. <laughs> less, less physical contact. Okay, basically. good, Thank good. Goodness. I did get asked out, though, oh, nice. uh, while I was in there. Sweet. So, you I know, bet you'd... top tip in Hamburg, want a yeah. date for the Reaper Bun, yeah. check out Miniature Wonderland. Maybe, but only if you're a woman. The women, ratios of yeah. men to women is in your favour. Yeah, it's women. a bit like going yeah. to a ski resort. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Fewer women at ski resorts. No, uh, well, if you're looking for, you know, um, well-off, healthy males, yes, go to a ski resort. Good tip. So yeah. good dating tip. We can certainly do yes. a special. Yeah, there we go. Get in, and, and there's sort of a trail through, you know, it's a, it's a set path yep. through all of the scenes. So there's no train taking you through this, because surely that's, they're missing a trick there. You could sit, you know, like a little... Tr- you get in a train to go past no, it. No, Jill, I don't think you understand. These miniatures are very oh. small. But how much more fun would it be if you were in a life-size train, like they have at the Jorvik Viking Centre? I don't you know? think you're appreciating how small this place really <laughs> I'm just is. Saying, I'm just how saying. How tiny and cramped. How like and I can help them. Airless and full of nerds. <laughs> I think I could help them. I could. We could maybe consult, give them some <laughs> tips. Anyway, but anyway, they don't need tips. They're packed. You said the queue's a mile it, long. It was packed. All right. It was rammed. It, there were not that many children through you go through the scenes it's underwhelming uh for me personally right underwhelming and then you go into the research and development bit there's nine scenes currently but many more are planned oh so at the moment there we go 16 million it costs to build at the moment 16 million euros Euros. that's dollars and about what 14 14 million. million quid yeah but they're planning more it's going to go up Who's to 20 million. Is this just all the nerds and their well, entry fees? Well, I'll tell you who paid for it. Yeah, it costs 13 euros to get into this atrocity. Mm, $13 or about £11. £11.50, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow, how fantastic. Uh, did you have to pay or was this one of those journalist things where you got in for free? I did get in for free. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. We paid for Chris, though. Oh. So we've contributed to that 16 million. Did well, you get, like, VIP treatment when you were there? Well, if we did then I can't imagine what it'd be like to go through as a a normal punter. Maybe that's why you got asked out. Maybe that was your special (laughs) wink, wink, We'll get this kind of strange guy talk to you and ask you out on a date. Well, Alessia, that sounds incredibly dull. Well, I haven't told you the worst bit, What? (laughs) It gets worse than that. So you go through the research and development and then you go into the shop where you can buy all of the stuff. No, it's awful because if you have a husband who's enjoyed it, you're looking Mm. at a worrying amount of money and then something being set up in your own home. Okay, that is alarming. Has that happened? It hasn't because (sighs) I left earlier. So this is my tip. Yes. Ladies, if your husband wants to take your children to Miniature Wonderland, it faces out onto the river. Across the river, there's an ice cafe and the Germans know how to do an ice cafe. What's an ice cafe? It is an ice cream cafe. Oh, nice. I'm in. There are ice cream sundaes. Sounds much you better. You go and spend your 13 euros on an, a, a colossal ice cream sundae, a banana split, I would recommend. Yeah, sounds good. And let the boys and the kids go inside and, you know, look at strange tiny trains to their heart's content. Well, so from your relationship, Alessia, <clears throat> that sounds like it nearly split up over this museum. Wow. We move on to Sean, our well, guest, Sean Newsom. It's all Newsom. about context, my one, because I got the offer a few years ago to go to Tahiti. Who doesn't want to go to Tahiti? Now, who doesn't want to go to Tahiti? Sounds I, amazing. I uh, was It was my surfing days, and there is a famous wave there called Chahupu, which is the heaviest wave or certainly was billed in those days I didn't know that waves had names yeah Chahupu yeah they've all got all the big ones have got waves anyway Chahupu is a a very terrifying wave and there was a famous photograph of Laird Hamilton a famous big wave surfer surfing this wave when it was at its scariest and it was like a just a magnet okay and I wanted to go there and write about it and maybe have a crack at the wave who knows I've got to be honest most people probably don't associate Tahiti with surfing most uh, of them yeah. are going there for other reasons yeah now the Tahiti tourist office blessed them were really keen 
for me to go and write about surfing. And they probably thought, at last, we guess somebody's going to go and write about something else than the other thing that everybody goes to Tahiti for. And they didn't tell me what the other thing was. As a thorough journalist, you researched you, uh, it. You yeah, know, exactly. No, well, I, knew everything, I knew everything about this wave and all the other right. waves around the island and the swells where they come okay. from. That you, the way set up. You know, if you were going for your honeymoon and all your husband had done was research yeah. this wave. I, yeah. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time it happened. Right. I, 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 you know, I thought, OK, this is going to be a surf story. You know, I'm going to go and, you know, I'll have to pay for the flight for my girlfriend and we're not exactly rolling in money and besides the story is all about me and the way surfing yeah yeah surfing so and also it is it's about what uh, there's two or three layovers on the way to Tahiti uh, it's quite a long flight yeah so yeah, long but, flight's going to be know, expensive yeah so and they said so would you like to bring Vieira your girlfriend and I said nah it'd be alright we'll do it this time <laughs> was she consulted no because I, she loves to travel <laughs> she loves to travel far more than I do and you're um, a travel journalist yeah exactly and she was always going to say yes and that was going to cost three grand you know like Ooh, yeah. quite a lot more than the fee I so mean how, several times more than the fee how long were you going for about two weeks this oh was in God. the grand old days of, uh, of newspaper journalism where two you weeks. somebody would host you literally for two weeks you'd go back home write two stories and it would all be worth your while that's oh. unbelievable Amazing. I got on the plane. I know I turned round to say goodbye to my wife and there was just this moment and I just suddenly thought, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave you behind. Was she your wife then? No, sorry, my my girlfriend at the time. Okay. And I got on the plane and sulked all the way there and thought this is just a dreadful mistake. Oh. Leave her behind. How long had you been together? Not that long. And she'd just come back from a year in America as well. Oh. So we just started living together. <laughs> Great and it's to like, have you back. I'm yeah, off. I'm off. Yeah. yeah. Because I must go and write about this wave. And, it's um, calling to me. Yeah, it's cool. yeah, exactly. I must <laughs> discover myself on this way. You're such a pretentious 20-something, were you? <laughs> and I got off the plane. I got off the plane feeling kind of miserable and walked into Honeymoon World. Oh, yeah. There was not one other person on that island who had not come to celebrate their profound and everlasting love oh. with their husband, maybe to renew their vows, maybe after five oh, or ten lovely. years or 20 years, you know. Or people who just kind of, you know, wanted to go because they want to have some time alone together. I don't know if you've ever gone on a honeymoon, listeners, but when you do and you meet other honeymooners, you talk about your wedding. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) So that's all you heard. All the time. And uh, anybody else there, you know, kind of... you know, I haven't actually got married yet. And, uh, you know, Sean, you know, hey, Sean, because everybody's American there. Sean, <laughs> you know, are you with anybody? And it's kind of like, uh, no, I'm traveling on my own. Oh, you, is there somebody back home? Yes, there is. And you came here on your own? Yeah. Like, uh, yes, I did. And it's like, oh, okay. And it just made you feel... Uh, so is this I like just... restaurants full of tables for two and then you're just alone? Yeah, just alone me. La- alo- okay. Yeah, it's like going out. If you could imagine going out in a restaurant in London or wherever city you live on Valentine's Day on your own with a book and sitting there in the middle. I, at least I gave people something to talk about. Did you Did you get to do the wave? Chahupu. I, I am not Laird Hamilton. Chahupu is absolutely terrifying as a wave. It's properly dangerous. It breaks over coral. Okay. And it comes out of nowhere. When you surf in the UK or wherever, you can see a wave coming for miles off. Yeah. You can see the swell line coming and it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Oh, okay, we go, go for this one. So you turn around your board, get ready to, yeah. to take the wave and everything. In, in Chahupu, the swell, it's such an abrupt change 
big ocean swell, deep, deep Pacific Ocean, volcanic island. It just suddenly hits that reef and just jacks up from nowhere. Wow. Over your head. And you turn around and there's coral, just coral heads six inches below the surface. And you just think, oh, no. I know, I know. I nearly drowned on that trip, really nearly drowned. And uh, by the time I got to Chohupu, I was so freaked out. They took me out on the lineup and we just were in this little boat, this little canoe with a little engine that guy was super expert at. So he'd just wait for the wave to come. Right. And it would jack up and you just gun the engine just slightly. <laughs> like that and you just go over the top and drop back down the other Fine. side so and all I could think is what if that engine doesn't fire because yeah. we are going backwards <laughs> head over heels we're going to land on my head on the coral and just be mashed right. I did some surfing I basically moped I cannot yeah, well, begin to express how beautiful Tahiti and its surrounding islands are it is like jumping into this warm bath of beauty the air is warm every breeze you've caressed the wind doesn't blow it just caresses your skin <laughs> it's absolutely divine it's, it's, it's my own personal Eden so, I was Adam and I'd left Eve at home so it was just like the stupidest thing I've ever done how did you entertain yourself I mean was it sort of book reading yeah I read one? books I paddled around on my surfboard a bit I hitchhiked about you know I got thrown out of a French swimming pool for not wearing speedos it's kind of effectively the French Empire they are strange still. about that yeah, yeah that's, and an, I, that's another shit trip story yeah, right? yeah, yeah. you cannot so, go into a French swimming pool with board shorts on you have to wear the budgie yeah. smugglers so how many nights did you cry yourself to sleep it wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I spent almost as much as the price of a flight on phoning, Aww. you know, back in the day. This wasn't, you know, a time of FaceTime or anything like that. You know, it was a telephone booth by the side of a road. The good thing was on the kind of last day, I kind of thought, right, okay, well, this is a message. And I went back and proposed to my wife. Oh, so, and ah. clearly she accepted. Yes. Thank goodness. And where did you go on honeymoon? Tahiti. Oh, isn't so that sweet? This is, there's a moral today uh, at Shit Trips. It's if you are a woman and you want your husband to propose to you, yes, send him to Tahiti alone. There you go. And he'll miss you so much. That's that's the top he tip He will propose here. on return. Yeah. That's the top tip. Yeah, it's is, a, yeah absolutely. And, the, and the, the moral for the men is don't be so stingy that you don't take your wife, Never, your future yeah. wife, to Tahiti. If it looks good on paper. A wedding is much more expensive yeah. than a flight. Yes. Well, I feel like, I mean, I do know journalists who've had to go to these romantic honeymoon islands before on their own. And very rarely do they come back having enjoyed the trip. I do feel like there are certain places when they're just full of honeymooners. Yeah, but this is the bit where you moan about being on an incredible beach yes. alone and everyone says, my heart bleeds for you. Yeah, but it's really depressing. The rum punches, you know, just didn't taste as good yeah. by myself. So if you're tempted, if you see some cheap deal to go to some honeymoon destination on your own, yeah, don't just do don't it. do it. Just don't, don't do, do it. it. No, absolutely. I yes. completely say that. There are a few things in the world as sickening as uh, American newlyweds. So. <gasps> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I think British newlyweds can be quite sickening because when we yeah, went back, yes, same kind of hotel, same people. Wow, I took my chin off Aww. about the wedding. Man, I well, was right had, in there. I was like, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. America, are you ready? Because I am going to talk about my honeymoon for like ever. And British, ever. And British weddings are much 
Well, in my experience, they're typically better than American weddings. There's a lot more booze at British weddings. Wow. And you can't go wrong with that trip. And anyway, we digress. Um, My tip that I forgot to say earlier Mm -hmm. is uh, never listen to hotel concierges because I later found out what happened with our hammam. He'd pulled out a timeout or Lonely Planet guidebook from like 1995 to recommend this spa to me because when we when we asked him for the authentic command, he said, sure, sure. When we came back, we told him it was awful and he pulled out this book and he said, oh, but they recommend it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, and the moral of yours, Alessia, was go get ice cream instead go of get ice cream. cream indeed. Fair enough. Well, we so, want to hear about your shit trips. Please tell us. Please do email us. Shit trips at gmail.com. That's double T. <laughs> double T. So thanks very much to our guest, Sean. It's been uh, fantastic hearing your heartbreaking story that had a happy ending oh yeah very and Alessia I'm glad you and Chris survived the the traumatic we um, survived to live for another episode of Shit Trips coming at you soon bye bye